0: G'day. Welcome to Partaker's Podcast. And to our Christmas series, Come On In. We are continuing our Christmas series by looking at Mary, the mother of Jesus. In our last episode, we looked at Elizabeth's reaction to the visit of Mary from Luke chapter 2, verses 39 to 45. In today's episode, we will look at Mary's reaction in song Come on in. John Calvin, one of the giants of church history, says about the passage we are going to read together from Luke chapter 2, verse 39 to 56. Now follows a remarkable and interesting song of the Holy Virgin, which plainly shows how imminent were her attainments in the grace of the Spirit. Isn't that a beautiful thing for him to say about Mary? And here is what the reformer Martin Luther said of this passage, the Magnificat. In order properly to understand this sacred hymn of praise, we need to bear in mind that the most blessed Virgin Mary is speaking out of her own experience in which she was enlightened and instructed by the Holy Spirit. Reading from Luke chapter 2 verse 46 through to verse 56. And Mary said, My soul glorifies the Lord, and my spirit rejoices in God my Saviour, for he has been mindful of the humble state of his servant. From now on all generations will call me blessed, for the Mighty One has done great things for me. Holy is his name. He has helped his servant Israel, remembering to be merciful to Abraham and his descendants forever, just as he promised our ancestors. Mary stayed with Elizabeth for about three months and then returned home. That must have been some sight, wasn't it, when Mary responded to Elizabeth by spontaneously bursting into song a song seemingly of renewal, revolution, and reformation. God is on the march, and God is going to do something new. Some scholars believe Mary is looking back on all the stories she has heard about how God has dealt with people in the past. Others think that she is being prophetic and only looking ahead to what God will do. I personally think that it is both. Let's read those verses again. Verse 46 and 47. And Mary said, My soul glorifies the Lord and my spirit rejoices in God my Saviour. Mary wants all of her being to glorify God, her soul and spirit to worship God for all that he has done for her and will do for her in the future. She knows that Almighty God is in control on her side and that it is only because of him that she can be the fulfillment of those words we hear from Isaiah. The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son and will call him Emmanuel. God's glory was Mary's chief concern. We see God's glory as being a visible manifestation of light emanating from him. That is a New Testament view. But Mary knows that in what we call the Old Testament, God's glory is much more than just the external. It includes the invisible and internal weightiness and reality of all who God is. God is who he is because he is the ultimate reality. That is God's invisible internal glory which manifests itself as light emanating from his very being a light to the world, which is, of course, who the adult Jesus proclaimed himself to be. Mary reflects the glory back to God, because she knows that she is blessed by him for being his servant. And verse 48, For he has been mindful of the humble state of his servants. Mary knows that God wants first place in her heart and she humbly accepts his sovereign will over her life. God knows Mary and wants only the best for her and he will take care of all her needs. He is mindful and alert to her concerns and needs and her safety. Mary is confident that God will take care of her and that God loves her. Mary loves her God and wants to show that to him. Humility is being without pretension. It's not pretending to be somebody you are not. It is being self-effacing and have a proper lowliness of mind. Verses 49-50 to From now on all generations will call me blessed, for the Mighty One has done great things for me. Holy is his name. His mercy extends to those who fear him. He is alive from generation to generation. Mary cries out, God, the Almighty One, has done great things for me in giving me this child. As a virgin, there is no other way I could be with child apart from God being involved. Praise be to his name, his name which is holy. My God is holy. That is who he is the Almighty God of Holiness. What do we mean by saying God is holy, and what is holiness? We'll get to that. Firstly, how is God's holiness revealed? We see through Mary's proclamation and the witness of the Bible that the holiness of God is revealed in his mercy towards people, those people who fear him. Not fear as in terror, but fear as in respect and esteem. What is mercy? Mercy is not getting what we humans do deserve. Grace is getting what we do not deserve. The twin wellsprings of God His mercy and his grace. Mercy and grace working in tandem, hand in hand, to reveal God's holiness at work. And what's more, this God who is holy, glorious and merciful is alive! He lives! The God of Adam, Abraham, Isaac, Joseph, Moses, and David lives. He lives on through all generations, and he will live on in all generations afterwards with and through the birth of his son, Jesus, Mary's son. Mary knows that throughout his dealings with humanity, God has promised a Messiah, a Saviour, from the time of the first sin committed by Adam, through the creation of Israel, the life of the patriarchs and kings, and the oracles of the prophets, all were looking forward to the Messiah coming. We will look at that together after Christmas. And these covenants that God made with people all looked forward to when this Messiah, this Saviour, this King would come and rescue Israel and the world. This King was to be their hope, their Saviour. Mary knew this because of what she had been told by the angel, that this Messiah King, the Saviour, was to be her baby, the baby who Joseph and Mary were to call Jesus, he who saves. Verse 51 to 53 He has performed mighty deeds with his arm, he has scattered those who are proud in their inmost thoughts, He has brought down rulers from their thrones, but has lifted up the humble. He has filled the hungry with good things, but has sent the rich away empty. God has done great things in the past, declares Mary. Perhaps she was thinking of events of the Old Testament she had heard of. We know the stories. Look at how God has dealt with Sodom and Gomorrah, Jericho, Babylon, Nineveh, as well as the rebellious and disobedient people within the nation of Israel itself. Nations and groups of people who went above their own station and instead of having God as their king had displaced God and put themselves in his place. God has taken a people who were not his people and made them a people, made them into his nation of Israel. Look at how God has dealt with Abraham and Moses. Abraham, described as the friend of God. Enoch, who lived, and then is described as being taken away without suffering death by the Lord. Moses, who met God face to face, who saw from the crevice of a rock all that a human being could see of God and live. Wow! In the ancient world, it was accepted that the rich would be cared for and the poor would be deprived and should expect to be hungry. But here comes another reversal in this new kingdom to come the common people of the day were pretty much helpless when it came to justice and basic human rights they were often hungry downtrodden and discouraged they were often left to their own devices and defend for themselves because they couldn't beat the system against them but mary mary saw something new was coming a revolution where god turned all on its head the weak dethroning the mighty, the humble scattering the proud, the nobodies being exalted, the hungry satiated, and the rich and powerful ending up poor and abandoned. A revolution such as his son, Jesus, being laid in a manger because no room could be found for Joseph and Mary to put him in. Yet God provided for them to escape the soon-coming infanticide by Herod by enabling them to flee to Egypt, perhaps financed through the sale of the gold, frankincense and myrrh, given as a gift by the visiting magi later on after this episode. The poor of our society can be helped like that if we are willing to also be God's generous hands and minds to them and for them, promoting justice and helping people to exert their rights. Verses 54 to 55 God has helped his servant Israel, remembering to be merciful to Abraham and his descendants forever, just as he promised our ancestors. God has helped his people Israel throughout the ages, proclaims Mary. A people who weren't a nation are now a nation. A people belonging to God. God's possession. God did a new thing, and he's going to be doing a th- new thing again with the birth of Mary's son, Jesus. Do you see how the virgin being with child is God fulfilling his promise made through the servant Isaiah? Thanks for joining us here at Partakers Podcasts. Come back every day to www.partakers.co.uk where there is something uploaded to help you wherever you are in this world, to live for Jesus Christ alone and make Him known. Our books are also available on Amazon at www.poptheology.com. See you later!